from all the way in Toronto, Ontario. We're talking with Caleb Dahlgren over the phone this morning. And Caleb, we're excited to have you here in Winkler in just a couple of days here for a keynote address. What's got you out here speaking? I have absolutely found a love and passion for connecting with other people. And for me, through speaking, I'm able to go into various communities and feel part of their family and be brought into it and also create my own family there and hopefully leave them feel inspired. And ever since I did my first keynote, uh, it's just been really heartwarming and filled my cup. Absolutely. And so it sounds like you got a pretty busy schedule. You do these, uh, you do speaking and, and you're in school right now. Like, how do you balance all that stuff out? Yeah, being in a doctorate program right now is a little bit difficult. We're in 14 courses and second year is supposed to be the hardest. I'm pursuing my doctorate of chiropractic. And uh, speaking also, it takes you around the country and the world. And so mixing the two has been really good because my school isn't really fortunate enough to let me pursue it still while doing the speeches and do some stuff online. Our lectures are recorded after the fact and posted online so I can not really miss lectures. And I also have great classmates and friends who work as a team and we help each other out. So they've been able to help me out with the material. But on top of that, too, I am very time-oriented, uh, really execute within my time. Time management has always been a big skill of mine. And now, more than ever, it's been critical. And so what took you kind of down uh, down the road of getting uh, your, your degree in chiropractic? So for me, I always wanted to help other people. And growing up, I looked at many different professions. And one of the ones that I opened up my eyes to when I was 13, I had major, major back pain. Went to every other person under the sun. And so I was like, go to a chiropractor. And I was like, what's a chiropractor? So I went, and after two treatments, my back pain was completely alleviated. And this back pain was, like, taking me out of hockey games. It was making me sit out of practices. And after that, I was like, yep, I really want to help other people like this. And I shadowed lots of other professions, and Cairo still remains a profession for me. Then I went to university and got my uh, degree in commerce. So I went the business route. And I took commerce so I can open up my own practice afterwards and understand the business side. And then now we're learning all the medical aspects right now. And it's been super cool and really interesting material that I absolutely love and am passionate about. So for me, it was like kind of a 13-year-old killed passion that turned into a dream. And here we are today, full circle. Right on. And so uh, what's been the most uh, difficult part for you? Is it the, uh, the commerce side or the actual medical stuff? Uh, definitely, I, I'd go with a little bit of both, because I came in with zero background in commerce. Both my parents uh, were nurses by trade, so I had a lot of medical aspects in my life. I also had many injuries, so I think, honestly, the commerce side was, like, kind of a opened my doors and showed me kind of what I needed to learn. But I say both have the hard parts. I think knowing tons of terminology, how the human body works, is fascinating, but also extremely difficult. And so I found that to be something that's difficult, but I'm passionate about both of them. So really, it depends on what you want to choose. For me, I'd say science comes a bit easier than numbers do. And so statistics wasn't my favorite, as some people definitely can relate to that. But uh, physiology and microbiology are things that I'm actually interested in and can grasp quite well, even though they're one of the harder courses. And uh, I, I saw on your on your Facebook page that you spent some time recently with the uh, Arizona Coyotes. What what happened there? 
Yeah, so I was fortunate enough to spend time with the Coyotes and even Maple Leafs, too. And uh, both organizations kind of brought me in. The Arizona Coyotes brought me in for development camp, and I was able to go and shadow uh, really the whole complex uh, of the off-ice work. So there was strength and conditioning program and rehabilitation. I shadowed both of them. And I was really able to dive into what it would be like to train and work with professional athletes. And for me, that's something that I've always been interested in. And to have that opportunity was something that changed my life for sure. And I'm forever grateful for it. And, um, yeah, so I spent a week in Arizona and was with the team just uh, through development camp and helping them rehab, helping them through training exercises, fitness testing, on-ice testing. It was an unbelievable experience. No, that sounds that sounds that sounds really wild. Do you ever kind of like step back and and you know think like wow, like my life is is crazy? Yeah, I am truly grateful, and I really wake up every day being grateful for things in my life, even just having a roof over my head or food that is in my fridge, or even be able to pursue my passions and school with war going on in the world. I'm just so grateful to even be present in this moment, even on this earth let alone all these different cool experiences, I am definitely filled with gratitude. And that's one of the things I do talk about in my speeches is gratitude and just being so grateful for the moment, but also find those positives in your life and really honing in on that aspect. And so uh, going back to uh, the, the speaking engagement you have here in Winkler, uh, why should somebody consider, you know, going out and, and seeing what you got to say? Great question. <laughs> no, I honestly think that for me, I try to connect with everybody that I come in touch with. And the reason why I recommend coming out is to learn something new. I think in life, we get complacent and don't really challenge ourselves or our beliefs or try to grow or we get stuck in the day-to-day tasks and in that grind. And we don't really take a step outside to maybe do something for ourselves or to go hear something different or even to get out of the house. And for me, I think I provide a lot of different mindset, different perceptions, perspectives, but also laughs and humor. I also like to throw in some dad jokes. Not really the best dad jokes, I'm not a dad yet, but uh, we're working on it and uh, just trying to get those jokes out there and have people have a laugh, but also feel connected and inspired when they leave. Right on. And so uh, you're also an author, you're a published author, you have the book Crossroads. Is this... Uh, you know, recommended or, or mandatory reading before going out to this, or? Ooh, I actually never had that question before. I'd honestly say you can or you can't, and it still would be completely fine. Like, you don't need to read the book to understand speech. You don't need to, yeah. But if you do read the book, you'll understand speech better, and you'll have more questions for me after because I didn't touch about uh, certain topics or I won't touch on things that I love the Q&A after, too. I think for me, that's one of my favorite parts is the fact to connect with the audience and hear what they have to think, hear what they have to say, and hopefully change some perspectives or answer some questions that have been burning inside somebody. I say after my speech, I'm open to any questions. And I've healed from everything I've been through mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And so I encourage the harder questions. I encourage the ones that people are scared to ask because I want the audience and myself to be vulnerable throughout the whole talk. Right on, and that book has been out for a good while now. How has uh, how has it been? You know, being an author. It's still surreal saying that I'm an author. It doesn't really hit home, but yeah, it's been out since March 2021, and it's 
it's honestly been a whirlwind. I wasn't expecting for it to connect with so many people, but it did. And the whole reason why I wrote it was to help other people. I donated all my proceeds to Stars Air Ambulance to help save lives on April 6th. 2018, but literally saved lives every single day. And the thing for me, like determining success around the book, is the amount of lives it impacts for the people that reach out to me and like tell me their story. It's not the copy sold or anything like that. I've never cared about that at all. It's more about how it's helping other people. And I received a message actually yesterday from a person. I won't go into too much details, but uh, they were suffering with an illness and their illness was taking their life away. And they said they read my book, and they changed their whole perspective. And uh, they read my book actually last year, changed their whole perspective on life. And now today they are still here walking and living life with their family. And they attributed it to my book and how resilient I was and how they took it on themselves to be resilient too. And that, for me, like that's where I define success is that. And as they touched my heart, I teared them eyes reading the message, and it's just like, that's what it's all about for me is having that kind of connection, trying to uplift other people so that they're challenged to my story. And Caleb, when you're talking about these goals and how you're out there, you're looking to change people's lives, it sounds like you're on a mission. Uh, where does that come from? This mission came from me uh, ever since I was a little kid, to be honest. I've always wanted to make an impact on each person I encounter, whether that's through me shaking their hand, looking them in the eye, or smiling at the person walking across the street when they look at me. It's doing those small little details for me that makes the big picture so much more worth it and enjoyable for other people's lives. And so I attribute that to my parents who took me at a young age to go volunteer at their care home and play with the residents and spend time with them, put a smile on their face, which in turn I figured out even after the humble Broncos crash that that fuels my soul. Helping other people truly fuels my soul. And I did that before the crash in my diabetes program. I'd go and give speeches to schools to create awareness around diabetes and help other diabetics live a normal life. You mentioned uh, diabetes and your diabetes program that you have. Tell us about that for those that aren't familiar, what you do uh, in that realm. So I developed a program called Dahlgren's Diabetes in 2017. And uh, it was a mentorship program for type one diabetic holy type one diabetic children. A little tongue twister for you, um, but uh, the whole goal was just to inspire them to live their dreams and passions, and to not ever let diabetes get in their way. And so, what would happen was a diabetes would come out to a game in Humboldt, Saskatchewan, to get a complimentary meal at Johnny's Bistro, complimentary tickets. Then um, they would drop the ceremonial face off, and when they had the ceremonial face off. They dropped the puck and the fans would go nuts and crazy and cheer for them. And that way they felt beautiful for their difference and not in a negative way different. And after that, they'd watch a game and I'd meet with them upstairs after the game, have a little chat with them, answer questions about diabetes. Like, what do you do in a game with your blood sugar? What do you do in practice with your blood sugar? What do you do on a first date when you tell someone you're a diabetic? These are questions that I had, but I didn't have answers for then on top of that, I would also put them in a Facebook group chat, and I'd go to their school and do school presentations. So it's kind of like a family aspect. And now these diabetes, I'm supporting them on various missions. Some of them are talking to Division One schools. Some are in university. Some are pursuing their own passions and creating their own programs. Like, they are just incredible children. And for me, just like, I, 
I'm inspired by them. And it's truly been something that I'm forever grateful for. And they're like my children in a sense, but like best friends. And uh, they mentor me just as much as I mentor them. Right on. That sounds like, a, like an awesome program. And uh, you, you mentioned before, uh, you know, during the Q&A, you encourage asking the tough questions. And, yes, I do. Uh, I, I was talking to some people in the building here today. I was, uh, you know, asking around, you know, what, what should I ask Caleb? What should we talk with uh uh, talk about with Caleb and um, uh, one, one of my coworkers mentioned talking to people and supporting people on their darkest day. And so uh, I want to take you a little bit back to your recovery journey. Obviously, a very, very dark day, some dark times. And when the world was reaching out to you, what kind of what meant the most to you? How do you talk to somebody on their, on their darkest day? I love this question. So, um, for those that don't know, on April 6, 2018, I was involved in the Broncos crash. And my darkest day, I actually don't remember until five days later. So that was when I woke up um, out of my, I was in post-traumatic amnesia. So I was still walking around talking and conversing, but I just don't remember it. And it's like a state of being blacked out, as people would say when they're drunk. I've never been blacked out drunk, so I really don't know how it can correlate. But anyways, I just don't remember it at all. The first five days. And so when I came out of it, that was my first dark day. And I'd say the best piece of advice in those hard times is to just be a support for the person. And one of the things I really appreciated was just my best friends who were there by my side. They didn't treat me any different. They were cracking jokes. They were having fun. They were being themselves. By them being themselves, I was able to be myself. And I think that a lot of people try to maybe go over and above and beyond, but it's just the little things, such as smiling and asking how you're doing, or maybe not even asking how you're doing, but smiling and grabbing your hand and saying, hey, I'm here for you. Like, those little validations for me was huge. And even the messages, you really don't know how much a message can mean to somebody that's in a tough time. And look, like, we all have our own tragedies. And mine was more worldwide and known, but everybody was going through a tragedy. And it was just the support of being there for that person. I had an elderly lady that was lying beside me in my room, and she had one person come visit her in the five days that she was in the room with us. And our room had over, like, 20 visitors plus per day. Like, it was insane. So the support that we had truly made an impact. I felt so bad for this elderly lady beside me because she was going through her own tragedy but didn't have support. So I think um, just having somebody there and they don't need to say much. They just are there as a presence, and that really does show a lot. Um, another thing, too, is maybe not saying I understand, but just being um, open and saying I'm here for you and Encourage the person to talk about it if they are willing and wanting to with you. Like to provide a safe spot. You can say, I'm here, I'm a safe spot. Um, and that is it, really. If they want to talk, they'll talk. If they don't want to talk, that's fine, too. But just knowing that someone's there as a safe spot is huge. Right on, Caleb. Thanks for, uh, thanks for answering that. It seems like you enjoy tackling tough questions. Yeah, no, I do, for sure. And I really like being introspective and reflecting and thinking about certain topics and things because for me, I feel like that's where I find healing too, is really diving down to those deep conversations or those deep questions that 
people usually put to the side and never think about because they're in the day-to-day task. And I've always tried to sit with it and attack it head-on. And uh, Caleb, we look forward to to seeing you here in Winkler for uh, for your keynote address. It's going to be really cool to see if people want to keep up uh, with you and what you're doing and, and where they can see you. Where can they go for that? Thank you so much. I appreciate it, too. Uh, the best way you can keep up to date would be on social media, probably. Or, yeah, probably social media. And it's at Caleb Dahlgren. So super easy. It's honestly just my name. So at K-A-L-E-B-D-A-H-L-G-R-E-N. I also have a website, too, com. Super easy, too. I try not to make anything too crazy, no numbers or anything like that, uh, just my name. But that's probably the best way to keep up to date with me. And I can't wait to come to Winkler. It'll be so much fun. And I'm excited to meet people in the community. I'm excited to meet yourself. And have a great time. Absolutely. And any words you want to leave us with, leave us with today, Caleb? Just want to say that thank you for the opportunity and thank you for the privilege for me to be able to come out to Winkler. I've actually never been to Winkler, so would have taken any recommendations that you guys got. But the big thing for me is just connecting to that community and uh, sharing my story to hopefully help some other people and to even just have a connection, create something that they can relate to that night. And just want to say thank you once again for the opportunity.